All right. Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. This is John McGlynn. You can find me on the Twitter machine at John McGlynn75. Today, I had the pleasure of talking with the co-host with the Mohos, my regular guy, JT, JT Orange, Justin Taylor. We'll do a deep depth chart dive into the AFC and NFC South today. These are some of his favorite teams. So let's get into the show and let's talk about some depth charts. So, JT, what, what, what happened this weekend, man? What do you got going on? Uh, it's pretty interesting. We can just graduation stuff like crazy, kind of like you and your life. My niece graduated. So spent all weekend going to graduation, going to graduation parties. Uh, did get my Scott fishbowl 13 invite in, in the email. So was pumped about that. Uh, didn't have to wait around a long time this year to get it. I got, I was on the first wave. So it's pretty pumped to know I was in. And of course that's where we met last year was at the Chicago live draft. So I'm pumped about going to the live draft again. We got deep dish divisions on the deep dish pizza. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm in the Giordano's division. Yes, it was nice having a Scott Fishbowl invite. Yes, I had grabbed my daughter, my last of my four kids, graduated high school, so that makes me officially old now. I have uh, all college-age kids. You know, it is what it is. I brought my mom's birthday. My mom, So we brought my whole family to my mom at a White Sox game. She grew up a couple blocks away from Comiskey Park. We went to a 1,000 Sox games my whole life with my mom. That was kind of the stuff to do. Instead of some kids go to the zoo, some kids go to the park. We went to White Sox games my whole life, so that was uh, – it was nice to bring my mom for her birthday to the to the White Sox game, so that was super nice. And the other, my my fishbowl invite, my uh, and my daughter had a playoff lacrosse game yesterday that you know she played great, but the team lost. It is what it is. Playoffs, uh, nobody, everybody wants to make it to the end. There's only one winner, so as long as they played hard, played good, it is what it is. So we'll uh, let's get the show going. Dev charts here. We are going to start on the AFC South with your favorite teams in this division. So it should be a nice uh, transition for you to, to bash the other teams here. We'll start off with the Texans, who are pretty easy to bash, but we'll start out. They got CJ Stroud in the draft. Davis Mills, uh, everybody's favorite a year to you know a year ago. To you know, hopefully he was. Everybody thought he was going to be the future. Got third round pick. They traded up to get that. Didn't really kind of, I guess, didn't really pan out to what they expected. You got Damian Pierce again, who I think is a little bit overrated of a player. Devin Singletary got tra- you know, signed here. Daria Gumbuale, Mike Boone, it kind of falls off the, the ledge from there. Xavier Valaday, who played high school football with my son, is on this team as an undrafted free agent. I'm rooting for him. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, John Mechie, Xavier Hutchinson, Robert Woods, and then kind of Noah Brown, Amari Rogers, 
Jared Wynn. Jalen Camp was my guy a couple years ago. He never panned out, but I love Jalen Camp. That, that name will forever be a spot in my heart. So uh, he, I'm, I'm rooting for him to one day make a resurgence in the NFL, but I don't think it's going to happen. Dalton Schultz, Brevin Jordan, like Brevin Jordan a lot of years, a year ago. Another guy that seems he got passed over. And uh, that's about it. What do you think about the Houston Texans depth chart? What do you What do you think is going on for uh, offensive-wise anyway? What is Nico Ryans and uh, Bobby Slovak going to bring to this team? Well, I think this uh, this AFC South is a really interesting division just in general for fantasy purposes this year. Everybody going out, getting young QBs, not quite – uh, don't quite know what to expect out of all these young QBs. Are they going to play right away? Are they going to give them a chance to, you know, is Davis Mills going to come in, start the first half of the season, and kind of bring CJ Stroud along? Or do you think CJ Stroud's ready? You throw him right in. I think the same thing is going to, we're going to bring up the same question with a couple other teams in this division. Uh, so I just think this, this division is so wide open in real life and for fantasy purposes. Uh, these two divisions actually play each other, the NFC South and AFC South, which pretty much, I think you can look lead wide that everyone thinks they're the two worst divisions in football. So the fact that they're actually on each other's schedule, I think actually is pretty interesting because I think it opens the door for one of these teams. I think at least one of these teams that each of these divisions to maybe end up with a decent record and make the playoffs, even though they might not be that good of a team. You know what I'm saying? Just because the, the record of who you're playing and all thing. I know we discussed this a little bit, uh, when me and you talked about uh, the schedule, and we went through all the schedule of everyone on the stew with JT Brew uh, last week, and you know I had the Colts winning quite a few games, and you're like, how do you have that? And I'm like, I don't think they're as good as their win total is going to be just because of the scheduling. Uh, th- this Texas team, I think, can go all over the place. I think Davis Mills was better than people gave him credit for last year. I, I mean, I don't know any quarterback you could have put in that situation on the Texans last year, and he would have been really good fantasy-wise or brought him a lot of wins. It just wasn't that type of situation. So it'll be interesting to see, do they go right into C.J. Stroud or not? You know, we've seen teams go both ways. We've seen teams come in, and they just immediately take the top five or top ten quarterback, and he starts day one. And we've seen teams say, wait till the bye week. And then we see teams say, hey, like a Patrick Mahomes, wait the whole season. Um, I don't think that makes any sense with these teams. But I always I always am nervous that they're going to ruin a young, good quarterback if the team around him is terrible, he gets sacked a million times, and then all of a sudden he loses all his confidence. So that's something I don't want to see. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. He was my number one QB coming into the draft. He drops a bit for me just for the fact that he's on the Texans. And the biggest problem for me is the Texans, I'm worried about their weapons, John. I just, I mean, I know some people really like Nico Collins. I'm not 100% sure he's going to be the guy. Uh, I do like Dalton Schultz um, get out of this team. Uh, we don't know what to expect anything out of John Meche. Uh, you know, great Alabama wide receiver, sat out all last year. I think it was, uh, uh, um, he had cancer. He had yes. Hodgkins. Yeah. So he, so you know him come back. Hopefully he he fully comes back as ready to roll. Uh, he's a guy I was excited about in drafts last year as a rookie. So I like him. Robert Woods. Uh, I just don't know. Does he have anything left? He did not look good last year. I don't know just because he was on the Titans or what it was. But he's a guy I'm I'm, I'm getting a ton of trips for people are offering me or which they across multiple weeks. Everyone's trying to trade me the same guy. So. I, I'm worried about him. Uh, how quickly, you know, does Tank Dell come in? 
Xavier Hutchinson, two rookies I really like, actually, that I think can see some PT here. Uh, there are two guys I'm driving late in rookie drafts uh, just because I, I see the upside. The question is, are any of these guys – gonna be fantasy relevant enough that you're gonna want to play him this year that's the question for me you like you said damian pierce great start last year really kind of uh tailed off near the end of the season and then they added devin singletary a guy i like i've always liked i liked him on the bills um but now he comes in to steal some carries so does that kill damian pierce i i don't know if it totally kills him but it, it definitely uh limits his upside it, this this texas seems is tough i if guys fault me, I'm probably going to take them. But this is not a team I'm looking to add players at all unless I unless I already have like a C.J. Stroud. If I already had him on a Debbie league or I'm in a super flex league and need QB, then I'm probably going after him. But but man, I, I all these guys make me nervous. Well, this guy named Tank, he's got to be huge with a name like Tank, right? I mean, he's got to be six foot four, 240 pound wide receiver, right? How, how do you get a name like Tank with a, you know, being small, right? You can't be a small wide receiver in like Tank, right? It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. But again, he was a super productive guy in college at SMU, yeah. but a program that's put out really productive wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders uh, is from there. Uh, the question is, the league has shown time and time again that really small wide receivers just do not make it at the next level. They just have a hard time becoming fantasy relevant and real life relevant. Now, CJ Stroud, of course, went famously went out there and asked to get tank Dell. Right. So you, you at least got to love that. At least, you know, the quarterback likes you off the bat. So that, <laughs> I mean, that helps him right there. Now, can he get him the ball and can that connection turn into fancy gold? I I'm very nervous about it, but where tank Dell's going in rookie drafts for where he actually got drafted in the real life draft. Uh, he's actually fallen pretty deep. I've, I've been getting him, you know, a lot of, I've been seeing him go a lot of mid to late thirds, even early fourths for a guy that went, I think, second round is is pretty low. So I know there's not a lot of confidence in him right now as far as him putting up big stats, but he's at least a guy that I'm taking. I like him and I like Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier Hutchinson is the opposite. He's the actually a big guy. He is yeah. 6'2", 200 pounds, was super productive at Iowa State, even though they didn't have great quarterback play uh, the whole time he was there. They still put up great numbers every year there. So he's a guy that I'm I'm looking at. If I can get him in the fourth round of my rookie drafts, I'm all over Xavier Hutchinson. I just think he I think he ends up carving out a role on this team. I really do. Yeah, he's a dark horse to be the number one guy because there's not much there's not really a number one guy here at all. It's it's it is what it is. So uh I get it. But uh let's talk about your Colts next. AR fifteen, they drafted him, uh number three, I believe, in the draft. So it's a fantastic situation. He walks in behind your guy, Gardner Minshew. I mean, you, we talked about this before the draft. How you were kind of hoping this would be the scenario if nobody, if the other guy wasn't available. You got JT. They drafted Evan Hall, Deion, Neon Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, my guy. I don't know what they're what's gonna, one of those guys going to be off the probably. I'm not sure going to keep all four running backs this year. So Zach Moss might be the odd man out here. We'll see what happens. But. I like Zach Moss a lot. I think he, he should be the number two. He should be the number one on this depth chart, but we'll let JT take that spot for right now. Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, they drafted. Alec Pierce is an underrated wide receiver. Ashton Doolin is a, a big-time uh, you know, athlete. Isaiah McKenzie from the Bills, I'm not sure who he really panned out. Mike Strachan is a guy that I liked before. Kind of saw him play. Nah, it isn't going to happen. Uh, Juwan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, a bunch of – you know. Roster cuts at the end of this roster. Jelani Woods, uh, he's a kind of a 
Twitter echo chamber kind of sleeper this year, Jelani Woods, Moelle Cox. They've always they always use a tight end on this team. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens in the tight end situation here. But Anthony Richardson, usually running quarterbacks don't generally throw to, you know, dump off past the tight ends or running backs here too much. So it might be run, 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 run with Anthony Richardson after the Gardner Minshew uh, bridge goes, if it, if it happens at all, which I think it will for the first half of the season possibly. But uh, when's the Colts bye week this year? Oh, let me look that up real quick. It is – there. it's a little bit later. I, it's not, it's not super late. It's not right at the beginning here. Let me find it real quick on my Sorry to put you on the spot here. schedule. Nope. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it here. I'm pulling up right now. Uh, so look at the schedule. They actually have bye week. It looks like, looks like week 11 uh, after they get the bye week after the Germany game where they go to Germany and play the Patriots. So a little bit later in the season bye week. Um, I got to come out. Of, they come out of that bye week with Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and then two toughies with Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, but then finish the year out with Atlanta, Vegas, and Houston. So I got to think they make the transition to Anthony Richardson before week before week eleven this year, right? To me, if you're gonna go to him, it doesn't. I don't know if it makes any sense to go that deep in the year. Why wouldn't you switch to him earlier? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I think Minshew could actually be solid on this team. I think they've got enough weapons and enough players around him that he doesn't have to be all world. Now, people forget Gardner uh, Minshew actually has some pretty decent stats, uh, stat lines, and win-loss record uh, from his time at Jacksonville. So, right. And then he stepped in last year for Jalen Hurts when he got hurt, and he helped the Eagles there as well. So I think he's a slightly underrated player, personally. I like him a lot. I just think he, he fits in the – He's just such an any type of player. They're going to love him there. Uh, if he gets a shot, I think that he can do something. But more and more I'm looking at, the more and more I'm hearing and reading about things coming out of Indy, it seems like they might go Anthony Richard early. Richardson early. Even though, you know, everybody said, hey, he's only played 13 games in college. He needs a ton of work. There's no way he's going to be ready anytime soon. Man. I, that, that, the more you more you see it, the more you think they might actually just come out and go Anthony Richards from the beginning and see what happens. But I don't know. I've, I've seen stat projections all over the place for him. I saw some today that's about 2,900 passing yards, 750 rushing, 12 touchdowns, or 22 touchdowns, 12 picks. If he puts up that kind of season in rookie year one, uh, you're going to have people fired up. If he gets over 700 rushing yards, almost 3,000 passing, and puts up over 20 TDs, I just think you're going to have people excited. So I, I here's again the thing with him. I want to see him succeed. I think he's got a ton of talent. Uh, The passing game, if you look at his passing breakdown, throws a great deep ball, pretty accurate deep ball. Issue for him was he was just terrible on the intermediate passes. Stuff for between like five and ten yards were just awful at Florida. So if he can clean that up a little bit and they can figure out how to, how to just make those adjustments, I hope, I, I think that maybe makes a difference, but uh, I'm really not sure here. At the beginning of the year, I was like, Hey, let's go Minshew the whole year. Let's let AR figure it out. Let's get him a year under his belt and then come in fresh next year. And now I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm kind of leaning like, do you just play him? And if he struggles, he struggles and you get it. You say, hey, we work through it, and then we come back next year with another top five pick. Um, the only thing is, I think this team, even though they had a terrible record last year, 
ton of injuries. All their key guys were hurt. Yeah. And then Matt Ryan played terrible. He was a turnover machine uh, during the year. I just think this team, probably the easiest schedule in all of football this year. I This team has a shot to win double-digit games if they can get any kind of play from their QB and they can get all their other guys to bounce back. JT bounces back. The O-line bounces back. Shaquille uh, Leonard on defense gets back in there. I mean, all pro player who missed all year last year. So like I said, this team I think is, is on the verge, especially with the easy schedule to make something happen. So you hate to see them just throw away a season, but man, I, I feel like so many things could happen. With this Colts team, I can see this Colts team, you know, winning 11 games. I also could see them falling apart and winning four, you know, it just, I don't know what to expect. Them. I think the defense is going to be good. Uh, if you could get any kind of competent quarterback play, I think Pittman can still be good. I know people are off on Pittman. I'm trading for him everywhere. His price is dipped big time right now. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I've got I got him for a second and third rounder next year. Wow. I, I bought so. I mean, I'm all day on that. That's a great move. Uh, I think Al Pierce is going to be improved. He showed flashes last year. They just had trouble getting the ball in any kind of space to make plays. He's kind of more of your deep guy. And I actually think they really lucked into Josh Downs. Yes. I'm seeing a, I'm seeing quite a few spots where people are like, this might end up being the steal of the draft. I mean, people were talking about him going to the Bills uh, in the late first round. And then the Colts were able to snag him up, which, you know, nothing against Isaiah McKenzie. I think that's Josh Downs' spot in the slot. I think he ends up winning that one out of camp. And you end up having Pittman. Uh, Pierce and Downs. I just think that's a nice group. I like Jelani Woods. I think he's going to have a shot. Mo Alley Cox, he's a nice player. He's a good dude. He's just not productive. He's just not a guy that's going to give you a lot uh, at the tight end spot. He gets you a couple, you know, he blocks pretty well, makes you a couple passes over the middle. I think Woods ends up taking over that spot, even though I think they play a lot of two tight ends uh, anyway next year. But like I said, I think this is all over the place. I do think these guys are fantasy relevant. If you get in the, if you can buy that Pittman and JT dip, now's the time to do it. I think JT's another one I've seen going for way less this year than he was last year. If you're trying to buy him, so I, I'm in on him. I think he has a bounce back here. That's the first year he's ever missed time with injuries in his entire and his entire playing career, you know, high school through college to the pros. So I just feel like he's a bounce back candidate big time. And if they again, everyone always said, what's the quarterback's best friend? The running game. They can get the running game going. It just makes the quarterback not have to do everything and put it on himself. And then I think you can add in the the rushing of AR in there. I think this team can end up being fairly dangerous. Yeah, the only problem I guess most people would have is that you, you got a quarterback who doesn't throw short intermediate passes, and you got a running back who's not known for catching passes. Like you know, humongous PPR guy as far as that goes. So JT <laughs> with a running quarterback. What's his workload going to be? What's he, I mean, he's going to get tons of volume, but we're talking about we're in PPR leagues. You get a full point for catch. Is, if JT is going to be stuck in that, you know, 19 rushes for 82 yards and no touchdowns, what, is that, what does that do for you on a, uh, on a, on a fantasy football level? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're definitely going to have some games in there where you're frustrated he didn't get any catches. But he actually is a better receiver than people give him credit for. The, the Colts don't have a ton of plays. Well, uh, people forget Neon Hines was there, and he was really their third down guy. So a lot of times, if they were running hurry up or anything like that, he was in there. They started trying to get JT a few more touches last year with screen passes and swing passes. I think they continue to do that. I think you're. Ne- I don't think you're ever going to see him catch ten balls in a game. But I do think you're going to 
possibly see him over two or three catches a game. He that was one of my favorite bets, uh, not last year, but the year before. I would always take the over receiving yards and over catches for him because it was so low uh, on on sites like FanDuel and DraftKings. I yeah. mean, you could get a like over half a catch and it was like 10 yards receiving. So if you got one pass for like 15 yards or 20 yards, you were set. So I love that bet. I think they're going to get him the ball more. Uh, and again, I think their play action game, if they can get that ball, you know, pounding the ball on the ground, I think that play action game, which just fits right into AR's wheelhouse, faking the run and then throwing deep balls. I think that could be real successful. Like I said, if they can just clean up those intermediate passes and figure out a way where he can complete some of those on a more regular basis. Cause you got to hit those in the NFL. You can't leave those things. You can't leave that on the, on the field. You got to make sure you're cleaning those passes. So I, I think that the sky's the limit, like everybody else says with him. I, I mean, he could be absolute fantasy gold, but he's also a guy I'm real nervous about. Cause again, yeah. how much are they going to give him if he struggles he comes out and struggles. How much you know leeway are they going to give him? I hope they give him a lot of leeway since you took him, you know, number four overall. But we've seen teams just bail on people. People don't want to wait around anymore. They want they want to see people successful right away. So I just hope the Colts, whatever happens with them, I hope they stick with it. You know, if they give him a chance, they put him out there. Give him a chance, let him play. Uh, if they go Minshew and Minshew's playing well and they're getting wins, I kind of hope they just stay with Minshew. Right. You know, let let AR you know learn, let you know maybe get them some series, maybe set you know almost like they do in college with freshmen sometime, where you get them like every third or fourth series, you give them a series specifically de- designed for him. I don't know how much you really want to do that at the pro level, but I wouldn't mind seeing that uh, a little bit with him, just to try to work him into the game. I don't know. You know, every coach is different. Sometimes you're going you're gonna to get guys, they don't want to go back and forth like that for confidence reasons. But I I don't know. I feel like if Minshew can get in there and mentor him, I know he really wants to start. I know he wants to be the guy. But sure. hopefully he can still, you know, kind of take AR under his wing and kind of, you know, just help him be a pro, help him figure out how to be a pro. Um, he seems like a nice guy. seems like a guy willing to learn. Uh, so I, I just hope everything works out for him and the Colts. Cause if it doesn't, it's going to be a long next decade of trying to <laughs> a quarterback, but, uh, but I'm hoping this AR ends up being the guy. Speaking of the guy, we'll go to the Jacksonville Jaguars next where the guy is Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback. Then you got Travis Etienne, a good pass catcher out of the backfield. They drafted tank Bigsby. Uh, they got to Michael hasty and then uh Snoop Connor, a bunch of guys like that. You got Christian Kerf. Kirk, they traded for uh, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, who, uh, you know, could be a producer, uh, just a steady go-to guy anyway. And then, uh, you know, Parker Washington, they, they drafted. Jerry Jennings, uh, you know, is kind of the part of the depth chart where it just falls off the, uh, the the cliff there. But they got a couple good receivers. And then Evan Ingram had a real good year last year. They drafted Brenton Strange in the second round. So they, they got some uh, – they gave Trevor Lawrence a little bit more help this year, and he did pretty well with what he had last year too. I think it's an improved offense. What do you think about this Jacksonville Jaguars team? Yeah, I think this is a team on the rise. I I was buying the Trevor Lawrence dip last year big time. I know me and you talked about us, both of us going out there and getting them. I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, this guy was unreal in college, unreal in high school, had one bad year with a terrible head coach, as everyone could say that was just an absolute disaster there in Jacksonville. When they added Doug Peterson, I was like, this is, oh, sky's a limit now. Here, I mean, just been known as be a super friendly uh, head coach as far as uh, as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Super friendly to quarterbacks. I was all over T Law. I still am. I think T Law is a surefire top ten guy going in this year. 
if you didn't buy him yet, you're probably in trouble. You're not getting him unless you're way overpaying. Uh, but he he's a guy I love. I just love the fact that they added weapons around him. You know, Christian Kirk, everybody complained about that, you know, contract being so huge, but he played really well. Uh, Zay Jones is sneaky. I loved Zay Jones last year. I just thought he was a sneaky flex play in a ton of leagues. And, uh, and I had him all over the place and he came through. Now the question is how much, you know, run does he get with Calvin Ridley there? Now you hope Calvin Ridley can bounce back. He hasn't seen the field in almost two years at this point. So you, I always get worried about these guys haven't played forever. It's, it's, I know they're professional athletes and they're studs, but like, but sitting out that long can really affect how you end up playing, affects your body, everything else. So hopefully he comes back. If he goes back as the guy that he was before, Oh man, Jacksonville's just hit a home run, and and I mean they're they're looking great. Uh, can Evan Ingram uh, have another bounce back year? I mean, he had a huge year last year. Can he do that again? I like Strange. I don't know if I'm seeing much fancy production for him, but I'm stashing him everywhere. I think he's a really good blocker. I think he's going to do all the stuff that Ingram doesn't do. <laughs> you know, as right. far as inline blocking, all those things. And then you know, Travis Etienne, I think is really good. A little injury concerns with him last year, but then they added Tank Bigsby in the draft. I think he's a great handcuff for ATN. Uh, this team just looks – it feels like it's on the rise. They got a solid defense. They took a ton of defensive players the last couple of years, Try to focus a little more on offense this year. But in this bad division, I just – I feel like this – it's Jacksonville's division to win for sure. Yeah. I They've got obviously a harder schedule having won the division last year. Uh, a little bit, little rougher. They've got a, quite a few tough road games, but I just think this team is is going to be tough, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. They just got another year of confidence uh, going. Um, I just think T Law has a monster year this year. I really do. I was in San Diego for my daughter's lacrosse tournament last year when Trevor Lawrence went came had that comeback win at, 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 a, at San Diego in Los Angeles <coughs> for uh, that game when Trevor Lawrence came back. So. Uh, when that happened, I, I think that put Trevor Lawrence on the map as far as people questioning his long-term ability to be the, the franchise quarterback for this team. And like you said before, if you didn't get him before, I don't think you're getting him anymore because what he showed on the field in that game, really, especially in the national spotlight, Trevor Lawrence is almost you're gonna the price doubled. If you didn't have him before, then you're probably not getting him then. So, yeah, I just I think he has a monster year. I I was all over T Law. I was betting live betting that game like crazy in Jacksonville and hit that. I was so pumped. Uh, so T-Law, well, I'll never forget him for, for the comeback there and winning me a bunch of money on that. I just think he's, he's ready to explode. I said, if Calvin Johnson or sorry, Calvin Ridley, you know, has that bounce back here. I think he might be that missing piece of that X factor that they just needed to take this offense over the top. But I really like T-Law another year under his belt. And I like I said, I think the defense has improved where it's not like he's coming in feeling like he's got to win every game for them and it's all on him. So yeah. I, I, it hurts to say as a Colts fan, but man, I, I like this Jags team. I like T law. I, I, I think with all the young QBs in this division, he is now a crazy a guy's only a couple years in the league is, is the senior leader of QBs in this division. Now, uh, right. you know, depending on what happens with Ryan Tannehill this year for the Titans. Yeah. Talk about ready to explode. I mean, Will Levis from the Titans, you just, you just, <laughs> Tannehill will start the season probably. Will Levis, he's going to come in and burn his league up, right? This is probably my least favorite quarterback room <laughs> in all of the NFL. Ryan Tannehill, I've never been a huge guy of. He's had a solid career here and there. Uh, 
you got Levis behind him, who, you know, we've talked at nauseam about how much I don't like Will Levis. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. And then Malik Willis, a guy who I couldn't understand last year either. I would, I, when people are talking about the Steelers taking him, I'm like, what are they talking about? This guy, this doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So they got those three guys and, uh, I have a feeling the Titans somehow, some way have used Derrick Henry and Tannehill in enough defense to keep winning this division the last couple of years. I think they're they're prime for a downfall. I just feel like this team is old. They missed their window, and I just think I think this team is not going to be good. Uh, they they've got great coaching staff. They seem to get wins every year. They I mean they've won a bunch of games the last couple of years that I'm like, how did that team win that game? But they've done enough, you know, to win close games to hold people off. So the question is, can you get one more big year out of Derrick Henry? Can he stay healthy? Is the team going to be good enough? I mean, again, not only do I not like their quarterback room, but their wide receiver room is really rough. I mean, Traylon Burks from last year, I like him. He's supposedly looking a lot better, more in shape this year coming into the season. But outside of him at wide receiver, I mean, this team, just nobody jumps out at you. You got Nick Westbrook, Inky, that's okay. But, I mean, the fact that he's even in your starting lineup, it worries me. Kyle Phillips got a lot of buzz at the beginning of camp last year, didn't do much. He technically is a starter right now at, at, uh, at wide receiver in the slot. And then behind those guys, you got – Racy McMath, Racy McMath, yes, <laughs> and Chris Moore. I mean, this just, I just, nothing against these guys, but it, this just seems like the worst wide receiver room in the league outside yeah. of Traylon Burks. And, and, and again, is Traylon Burks the stud to carry that group? Can he actually carry that entire group? So, uh, I know they like their tight ends, uh, Chig, uh, Conquo. Uh, people are really him up. The coaching seems to really like Josh Weil, the the rookie out of Cincinnati. <clears throat> so both those guys are, are kind of high on people's lists. And I'm probably looking at Conquo in a few leagues. If you're looking in a tight end premium league or like to start two tight end league, he's probably the guy I'm going out and trying to get. Uh, just I think he could see a decent amount of touches. All the metrics, if you look at all the, the special metrics, all those things, they all say he is primed to have a breakout. Uh I, this is just another team a little bit like Houston uh, outside of Derrick Henry. And if I'm in a dynasty holding Traylon Burks, I'm not sure I want much to do with anybody on this team. I it, it, I'm, if I start them, I'm not going to be starting them with confidence. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. That's chick is I, I, I just drafted chicken to start up. I, um, I have, I, tra- I tried trading for chicken a bunch of, in a bunch of uh, leagues, I got shut out in almost all of them. I know we're paying one league just to get it because I didn't have a tight end pretty much. But I think it's going to be Traylon Burks and Chicka Conquo show behind Derrick Henry. If something happened to Derrick Henry, this team is a pretty much a submarine going to the bottom of the ocean. It, it, it is it is going to be bad news for this team. You know, even though it's a good defense, a decent defense, there's there's nothing on offense in this team. It's like a it's like a barren wasteland behind. You got Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks, Chicka Conquo, and that is it. Tajay Spears might have to. You know, pull the weight if something happens to Henry. If they trade Henry before the, the, the week eight deadline, or you know, it's before the season starts, just to kind of start the tanking process. But man, that is it. It's bad news here. So, yeah, uh, I've got I've got Derrick Henry in quite a few leagues, and I'm 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 on the fence of whether I just hold out and see if he's got one more year left, or if I try to sell him cheap uh, just to get some kind of draft capital for him. But that's where I think a lot of people are going to have to make that decision this year. Yeah. Right. All right, so we'll switch to the NFC South here. We're going to go to uh, – we'll start off with the Falcons. 
Desmond Ritter. I, who would you rather have, Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell? Oh, that, that's a tough. If I had to just do it in a vacuum, I I take Sam Howell. If I know Sam Howell, if I know both guys are going to start all year, I take Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell as a quarterback better. I think he's a better prospect. But Ritter's like they're fully on board with Ritter. Now, the commanders say they're going to give Howell a shot. I'm still not 100% sold they're going to give him the shot all year. Or if he doesn't play well right away, they don't yank him for Jacoby Brissett. So if I just look at it and you tell me both guys are going to start all season, who do you want? I want Howell, personally. Now, I think Ritter, Ritter's in a good position with a good offense. I just think he's got a lot of players around him. I just like Howell as, as a QB better. Yeah. I think he's got more fantasy value anyway as far as that with his rushing ability. So, uh, yeah, that, I agree. Yeah, he's he's a highly underrated rusher. I mean, he's a guy that ran for a lot of yards in college, and people just kind of forgot about it, that he was a guy that ran the ball a decent amount. And if he can put up four or 500 yards rushing to go along with his passing, I, I mean, the guy was an absolute stud a couple years at University of North Carolina. I mean, he had a little bit of a down last year there, but, man, the guy put up unreal stats when he was there. And I've said it a bunch of times. I take him over Will Levis all day long. I'd much rather have Howell and give Howell a shot over Will Levis just because he proved it in college. He showed he could do it. Levis is a guy who he's got a lot of the same tools, but, man, he did not show that he could be an absolute stud in college. And, again, I just – I'm worried about Levis being a turnover machine in the NFL. He yeah. just feels like a guy who's going to turn the ball over a lot. Well, you got Arthur Smith offense here. You got you made Tyler Azure pretty much an all-star last year. Now you got B. John Robinson thrown in the mix. You got Drake London. And then uh, you know, that's Mac Collins is probably the best setter option on this depth chart. He said Scotty Miller is kind of a uh, you know, he's a piece. He's uh, I think he's a little bit undervalued, but you know, he's not gonna be anything special. Kyle Pitts, they really couldn't use him up to his potential and he got hurt. So uh John o. Smith is your backup behind Pitts in case something happens there. But Pitts is obviously the option. Rest, I mean, this is a running, this is a ground and pound team here. So, the rest, what do you think about the rest of this Falcons offense? How are they going to pan out this year? Yeah, that's, I think that's the question is like, uh, can this team figure out how to put it? They actually were not horrible with Mariota last year, and Mar- Mariota's stats were not good. I mean, he had a pretty solid year running the ball, but uh, passing wise, he missed a ton of open guys. He had some of the worst, you know, statistics in the league as far as missing opening receivers. And and how passes he had that were off, like not even catchable. So, so that that's their. Uh, you know, I think Taylor Heineke is a great sign for them. If something happens with Ritter, I think they can still compete with. Uh, if this defense can improve, where they added some guys, I think is good. And I just this was my absolute favorite landing spot pre-draft for Bijan. I just thought, man, Tyler Ajir is just an okay running back. I think he's right. very, he's not bad. <laughs> But what they did with him last year, man, now you take a guy like Bijan and put him on that offense. I just think Bijan could be an absolute beast in this offense. I think he can get a ton of carries, a ton of yards. I think he's is gonna can get catches out of the backfield. Uh, I just love it for fantasy purposes. I only have Bijan on one team, or gonna have him on one team. I got a draft coming up next week. I got the one one. It's probably the only team I'm gonna get him on, but I'm I'm excited to about him and his ability and what he could do in Atlanta. And like I said, if you can get any kind of consistent play out of Ritter and he can figure out how to get Kyle Pitts and London involved, this team could be sneaky good. Uh, I just think the offense has got way more weapons than people think it does. I think they're going to play kind of conservative with Ritter, which I think helps him 
that they're not going to play crazy. They're going to lean on the run. And there's, again, we talked about it before. They're in a bad division. This is a wide open division. So I, I don't think Atlanta, I don't think you got to go out there and win 12 games. I think if you can win nine games, you can go nine and eight, 10 and seven. I mean, you can win this division for sure. Yeah. So I just think they just got to stay in it. Uh, they just got to stay in games and stay close and, and, you know, hopefully keep confidence in Ritter. And again, I think if Ritter stumbles, Taylor Heineke, he's shown you that he can do it. I mean, he was pretty solid for the commanders last year. Now he's not a, you know, a game breaker, but he's a guy that can do some things that can lead you some wins. Hopefully we're talking, we'll talk about stumbles here. We don't want to see Bryce Young stumble with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he's doesn't have far to fall, but he's a kind of a short guy, but yeah, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard. It was, I believe Chuba Hubbard is one of the better uh, handcuffs in this league. Raheem Blackshear is uh, nothing special, kind of a, a, another smaller guy. Jonathan Mingo, we have him on a team together that we uh, co-manage, and we were kind of happy about that because he may be the best receiver on this team, even though, I mean, you got DJ Chark, Terrence Marshall, Adam Thielen, who's okay, but his best days may have been in the past, Mr. Minnesota. But I'm Hayden Hurst, Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble is pretty much a blocker. He might as well be a fullback at this point in time. But um, there's Jonathan Mingo may be the best option besides – Miles Sanders getting stuffed the ball every play. What is this Carolina Panthers team going to do? Yeah, I think this is a team that's interesting as well, because I think they're right there with Atlanta thinking, hey, we could possibly win this division. It's not a crazy good division. Um, they're already talking Atlanta, about – Atlanta's got a lot more talent. Andy than Dalton. I think they do too. I think Atlanta's got a better upside team. Uh, they're already talking about Andy Dalton. You know, getting some reps, first team reps. I'm like, guys, really? This is this is what we're doing? The Andy Dalton thing again? <laughs> I just, I just don't understand it, man. It makes no sense to me. I don't know what the Saints were doing last year with him. I don't. I just this. I don't know what they're doing. Like, it, to me, you come in and you play Bryce Young right away. I mean, he's he's not an Anthony Richardson that only played 13 games in college. The guy was a you know Heisman winner. I mean, guys starting for years for Alabama. So, I mean, he's, it's not like he's not ready to go. So I think you play Bryce Young. The question is, you know, I like Miles Sanders on the running game. This team pounded the rock last year as well. So, I, and I like, again, Chuba, I like Chuba a lot. I think he's a great handcuff. The, the question is what, what can you get out of this wide receiver crew? Now Mingo, good size, great speed, but didn't produce a lot in college. Can he be your number one? Adam Thielen again, at the tail end of his career, does he got one good season left in him? DJ Chark, a guy who's had some great years in the NFL, but he's also disappeared in quite a few seasons too. So can those guys step up for Bryce Young? And that's the question on this team. Uh, really good defense. I, I just think the team that turns the ball over the least and plays solid defense and runs the ball is going to win this division. I just think that's, that, that is what this is setting up to be. You've got young quarterbacks, not the greatest, you know, group in the world, but young quarterbacks with teams who like to run the ball, who like to play good defense, whoever ends up doing that the best wins this division. Personally, right now I've got the Falcons winning the division. Yeah. I have it really close. I have it within a game. Um, but, and we can talk about the saints here coming up as well, but I like Carolina. I think they're okay. I think they think they're better than they are. Right. I just I don't think I I personally don't think they're as good as they think they are. I think they thought they're a quarterback away, and to me, I think that's a little much. I think you're putting Mingo and Shark on the outside and Adam Thielen at the slot. They'll play a lot of three wide receiver sets, but I have a feeling that's Thielen 
it could be a sneaky buy this offseason because I'm not sure this off this offense is going to have to get rid of the ball fast. Miles Sanders is a good between the tackles running back. He showed it last year, but I, I just I'm not sure about the like he's a good pass catcher, but they don't really use him like they haven't been really even used like that, especially in Philadelphia. I don't know what they're going to do here. You can't have a guy like Bryce Young sit in the pocket for three or four seconds waiting for Mingo and Chark to get open downfield. So it's going to have to be dump off pass to Hayden Hurst, to Adam Thielen, or just something to the running backs, or just hand the ball off a ton. I'm not sure what Bryce Young's going to do. He's not a crazy running, you know, a crazy runner either. So I'm not really sure how this offense is going to mesh. It just doesn't seem like it's put together. Like the puzzles, the pieces don't really connect as far as making uh, this this whole thing operable. So. It's kind of a, a weird depth chart for me as far as that goes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, Adam Thielen's probably a worth a shot at buying. Right. If you're if you're a win win now team and you just need another flex play or a guy that can be your third wide receiver. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna JT throw a little bit. We're gonna jump to the Saints now. We got Derek Carr is a quarterback. They traded for him. My favorite guy in the NFL, Jameis Winston. Then they, they drafted Kendra Miller, which if Evan Kamara sits out the first couple games, you're gonna you're looking at a, a good running back in Kendra Miller. Uh, probably one of my favorite running backs in this draft. Anyway, probably number three, you know, probably three or four as far as that goes. Chris Olave, everybody's fan favorite. Michael Thomas, if he can stay healthy or get healthy and stay healthy, we'll see what happens. At Perry was a a guy a lot of people had, a lot of people smarter than me had, pretty high in the uh, draft process. Didn't really go where they wanted him to. So, Traquan Smith's okay, but depth chart kind of falls after that. Juwan Johnson is a really good tight end. Uh, hopefully, he's going to get some work this year, too, especially because Derek Carr does like his tight end. What do you think about this uh, New Orleans Saints uh, depth chart, JT? Yeah, so this, this is another team I think is interesting. Depending on how Derek Carr uh, kind of – you know, gets in the mix with this team. They've got some talent. You know, they just did one of those teams that just haven't lived up to expectations the last couple of years. Man, I'd love to see Michael Thomas bounce back. I have to say I'm not – I don't trust it, though. I don't trust it at all. I just feel like he's been hurt too long, way too long. Even if he gets back and somehow stays healthy, is he going to be the old Michael Thomas? I don't think so. Uh, A.T. Perry, like you said, he's a guy I wrote a few articles about for uh, DLF. He, he's just a really good – he's a guy that is one of the few pure X receivers in this class. So many guys are slot guys. He's a pure X on the outside. Just put up great numbers at Wake Forest. Uh, he's an almost guy, 6'2", 200 pounds. Doesn't seem that big, but when everybody else in this draft seemed like they were under six foot and like 175, 180, it's, he seems like a much bigger guy. He's a guy I'm totally buying, uh, kind of like we talked about with Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, yeah. For Houston, I'm buying A.T. Perry in the fourth round of leagues if I can get him. Some leagues I'm having to take him near the end of the third. But if I can get him in the fourth, I'm absolutely jumping him on the fourth. He has a chance, I think, to be that guy on the other side from Chris Olave. And maybe he doesn't get peppered with a ton of targets. But we know Derek Carr likes to throw the ball down the field. And so if if he can be the guy to get out there and, if you know, Olave seeing some double teams and everything like that, it might open up things for A.T. Perry. So he's a guy I like. Depending on what they do with the running back crew here, this I mean, this is a talented group. Now, right. how are they going to divvy up these carries? That's the thing for me. I just don't know. You know, we still have not gotten word on the Alvin Kamara situation, how long is it going to get suspended? You assume it has to be for at least six games. 
you know, Jamal Williams. Do you love Jamal Williams? Do you not? Huge touchdown season last year. Can't relate that here. You know, say Kendra Miller, everybody, you know, kind of seems like everybody's third or fourth running back now in the rookie draft. How much play does he get with those two guys in front of him? Uh, it's just, you know, real interesting group. I think they've got a tough defense. Uh, I think if they can figure out how to do these, how to handle the running backs, if AT Perry or somebody in this wide receiver group could jump in to help Chris Olave, I think they got a shot to be pretty good. But again, I think this is going to be a jumbled division. I see all these teams being right in that like seven and 10, eight, nine, nine and eight range. Uh, and it's just going to come down to who can beat who, if they, if they can split up games or whatnot. And again, they're playing the uh, NFC or excuse me, AFC South. So can these teams beat up on the Texans and the Titans and the Colts, uh, you know, who could get wins there too uh, might make a difference. So I think it's going to be close division. I don't think any of these teams are going to be great, but I think it's going to be, at least exciting playoffs race to see who who wins it. Uh, but you got to figure the Saints have added a few players. Derek Carr is a huge upgrade over Andy Dalton, at least for me personally. Yes, exactly. so I think that, that I think that makes a difference there. So I think you got to look at that with the defense of the Saints. Uh, you know they're going to be right there in the mix. For some reason, I just got this feeling when I was looking at the schedule. It just felt like the schedule wrapped up a little bit better for the Falcons was a little bit easier for them than the saints. Uh, and that's kind of why I lean them for the division, but I think it's going to be close, but I, I do think this saints team, at least I think these guys are playable. I, I mean, I've got, I'll, I'm playing Derek Carr. If I got Kamara, I'm playing Kamara. Kendry Miller's one of those guys I'm looking at. He's going into the first round, beginning of the second round, depending on what type of league or how many teams you have. Uh, I think he's got high upside. Um, like I said, I like A.T. Perry late. Obviously, Chris Olave, he's high up there. If you haven't got him, probably not going to be able to go get him at this point uh, unless you're really to s- spend some money on him and uh, some high draft capital to get him. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a better offense with, with Derek Carr, and so that makes me feel better about any Saints players I have. If Kamara only gets a six-can suspension and a trade deadline's week eight, do you think that if Kendra Miller starts the season out tight, like a good, that they just say, hey, it's time to move on from Kamara and trade him away somewhere? It'd be interesting to see what they could get for him. I know we, we've seen that, you know, a lot of these guys are getting a fourth or fifth round running back, maybe, uh, you know, and swapping a sixth and seventh round pick for somebody's trade. So it'd be interesting to see if they would be ready completely to move on for uh, from him. Uh, the only thing about Kamara, too, is, I mean, the guy's never been a huge carry workload back. He's always got a lot of catches. Right. And so I always feel like when you're a little bit older running back, that that kind of leans in your favor when more of your game is catching the ball out of the backfield as opposed to just pounding the rock. Uh, I just, I, it feels like you can have a little bit longer uh, career, a little longer longevity uh, with that. So maybe they move on for him. Maybe they say, we're not going to get anything enough for him anyway. We might as well just keep him and, and run it. I, I can see it being a situation where fantasy managers are pretty upset all season yes. as you're never quite sure which guy <laughs> is going to have the big game. Because I, I think all three guys can put up big games all year. Yeah. Now, the question is going to be, is the roulette wheel, who is the actual guy to hit this week? Because uh, I could see them kind of doing a hot hand thing where a guy's playing well and they leave that guy in. Speaking of who's going to hit this year, we go to Buccaneers next. Who's going to hit Baker Mayfield or the guy Kyle Trask? Who they, I think they like Kyle Trask a lot more than people uh, uh, lead on, lead on. I this is an interesting one for me because I thought this was a good spot for Baker Mayfield to go because he's on that last leg. This has got to be it for him. He's either yeah. got to prove it this year and he's got to do it this year with Tampa, 
to earn himself a starting role going forward. If not after this, I think he becomes a complete backup quarterback the rest of his career if he doesn't win the starting job. I just don't see a team give him another shot after this. Now, Kyle Trask, it's it's interesting. Guy was a second-round pick, so it's not like he, he's some fourth, fifth, sixth-rounder that's just been sitting around. Now the question is, people are like, well, he couldn't beat out Gabbert to back up Tom Brady. I'm like, could he not beat him out, or were they just going with the experience of Gabbert uh, over, over that? So I think Trask has got some ability. Obviously, the guy played really well at Florida. Uh, he's been in, in the league a couple years, hasn't taken any snaps, so you don't know what to expect from him. I think this is definitely going to be a very interesting QB battle. Uh, the problem for me is I, I like some of the offensive weapons on this team. Their O-line I don't love, and their defense, for some reason, is getting worse, even though you look at that lineup and you see you know, some pretty big names over there, Devin White, you know, Antonio Winfield. Like, they've got some talent, but it's just, it seemed like they slipped last year defensively. They just weren't as good as they had been in the past. Uh, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they've got talent on offense. You know, can those guys step up if, with the QB play? I don't know. It's just going to be interesting how, see how long of a leash either one of these guys have. And if they go back and forth between both QBs all year, because every time a guy makes a mistake, they switch QBs, I that just screams trouble to me for Tampa. Right. And, and Tampa's a team that I you look at the names on the roster, you think they should be better than they are. I have a feeling that this team is going to struggle. I actually have them finishing last in this division this year. So Rashad White is somebody that before the draft happened, I got pretty cheap in a lot of leagues because of the fact that I think a lot of people were afraid they were going to supplant him with with a running back in the draft. They only took Sean Tucker as a UDFA. Like, what do you think? Is Rashad White as bad as people make him out to be? Is he he a guy that just cannot run between the tackles? He's only a pass-catching receiver, receiving back. And if that's the case, what's so bad about having a good pass-catcher, a really good pass-catching receiving back? The guy that can block real well, a guy that can catch the ball pretty good, like, what is the problem with having Rashad White as my wide receiver? Let's say my, if he's my wide receiver two on my fantasy team, what's so bad about that? Yeah, uh, RB two. Yeah, I mean, I think Rashad. I'm I've never been a big white guy. I wasn't a big white guy coming out in the draft. I just, you know, I, he catches the ball pretty well. Uh, he's got a decent, you know, decent amount of talent. I just didn't see the huge upside of him. I liked him as a change of pace or second back. I don't know if I love it if he goes in as a starter. But for me, I'm a huge Sean Tucker guy. He was my RB3 before all the medical concerns, knocked him out of the combine, knocked him out of his pro day. If somehow he gets cleared and everything works out and he can actually play, I actually can see Sean Tucker stealing this job. I can see uh, Sean Tucker being the number one with White kind of staying in that role where he's the number two slash third down back, catching passes out of the backfield. Uh, Tucker's a guy I'm taking – all kinds of chases on. I mean, if you looked at it last summer, he was going in the early to mid first round in mock drafts. Um, as far as fancy uh, was concerned, started dropping more towards the second round as later in the year uh, as things went on. And now, you know, you're getting this guy. I'm trading him up and getting him in the fourth round if I can get him. If I, I can get him in the fourth, I'm trading up and taking a shot on him. There are certain leagues I've got him in the fifth. He got all the way down to me in the fifth. I can't believe it, but. Uh, He's a guy I'm taking because it's worth a shot. I mean, you're already taking dart throws in the fourth and fifth round anyway. So you take a guy like that with that kind of ability and upside. I, I just think he's got a shot with, you know, again, with Leonard Fournette being gone is just really Rashad White there. Chase Edmonds doesn't scare me. He hasn't done much. I just like the opportunity for Sean Tucker. So 
I'm a Sean Tucker guy. I'm taking him over Rashad White personally, uh, just on the high upside. But I think White could be a solid back. But if you're if you're looking going into the season with him as your RB one, I think you're probably in trouble. Yeah. Uh, he's de- he's definitely more of an RB two flex play for me if I have him. Um, I really don't have him in any leagues. I just wasn't big in on him last year, and he never fell far enough to make it feel like it was worth his while, uh, worth my while to take him. Uh, I think he's a solid back. I I just do not see him as a as a stud workhorse back, but I do think he can do some stuff. If they get down in games and they have to throw the ball a bunch, there's a chance he gets a, a decent amount of catches. But I also think Sean Tucker can catch the ball on the backfield as well. That's what I'm thinking. As Rashard White just having. Maybe five, six catches, you know, probably maybe 12, 13 carries a game, five or six catches, maybe some easy uh, walking touchdowns out of the backfield kind of thing, uh, receptions, some uh, some yak ability after after the catch ability. So we'll see what happens there. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans on the outside, you know, Godwin playing the slot, Evans on the outside, and then, uh, you know, Russell Gage is pretty much the next man up as far as uh, outside is concerned. But they're probably going to go with a two wide receiver set, uh, you know, We'll see what happens there. I, I don't know why they don't. Kate Otten is just somebody who's kind of getting buried uh, in his depth chart. Like Payne Durham seems to be the guy that they like right now. I, I, I they drafted him. I'm not really sure why. He, I, Kate Otten seemed to be a pretty decent tight end last year, but hopefully Baker Mayfield can dump off to you know tight end a little bit more than you know than 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 Tom Brady did, which I'm not sure that's possible because Brady threw 100 million times last year, but. I feel like Kate Otten is still a good fantasy option as far as a, 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 a like a, a an invisible tight end option. Yeah, I like Kate Otten too. I've got him in quite a few leagues. I drafted him in a ton of leagues last year. I like him. Uh, I, I think he he's still got good upside. I'm actually it's strange. I'm a Payne Durham guy. I really like Payne Durham. I, I, his athletic profile is not great. He's just one of those guys. He doesn't do anything special. But man, the guy just made plays at Purdue last year. He right. just made plays. He he got in the end zone. He always found himself open. I just like him. I I, I don't ever think he's going to be a superstar player by any means in the NFL. But he's one of those guys. If I'm in one of those deep drafts that's like fifth round, and there's 12, 14 teams in my league, 16 teams in my league, and we're getting deep, deep on the depth chart. Payne Durham's my guy. I'm taking with my last pick in all my rookie drafts. Yeah. He's a guy I'm grabbing and stashing on a, on a taxi squad. You know, does he, does he do anything this year? I don't know, but he's a guy I'm willing to stash for two or three years and see if he ends up carving out a little bit of a role. Um, I just feel like he could be, I feel like he's a Jack Doyle type for the Colts. A guy, you know, just a solid player, big guy, knows the game, isn't real athletic, isn't going to give you a ton of yak after the catch, but he's going to give you something. Um, and I just feel like he could be that kind of that Jack Doyle type. And with the the tight end landscape the way it is right now, getting a guy like that late where you can play him and maybe he's maybe he ends up being the 12th or 14th highest scoring tight end, you know, at some point in his career is probably worth it, you know, with how, how little you're investing in him. So he's a guy I like. I'd like to see him get a get a shot as well. And I think for for all these guys, fancy wise, it's going to come down to the QB play. Right. Can Baker or Trask. Uh, put it together enough to make Godwin or Evans. I mean, I figure these guys, those guys for me in a redraft are probably going to slip. Everybody's going to expect nothing out of them. I'm probably going to grab them mid rounds Uh, for dynasty purposes. I, you know, Godwin's probably still a buy Mike Evans a little down here last year. Can you get him cheaper? I haven't seen a lot of trades with him involved lately. 
But if you could get him for a fairly decent price on a win now team, you know, I, I think he's worth a shot as well. I mean, sure. you know, he's going to give you some big weeks. He's going to have you some terrible weeks too, but he's going to give you some monster ones as well. Hopefully they count in the season instead of in the playoffs when everybody's team's already done, you know, like I, I, I sat him in a league that it crushed me. And I had another guy that uh, in one of our leagues that sat him that final week and it cost him making the championship game. That's how it works. That's how it works, man. It's all, hey, it's 90% luck and 10% skills. What some people <laughs> say. So JT working, everybody. Thanks for coming on today. First of all, thanks for making the commissioner evaluation show. Awesome. As usual. Uh, love having you on here. That's, you know, thanks for being awesome. Where can everybody find you at? And what do you do in the fantasy football community here? Yeah. Everybody can find me on Twitter at JT orange, JT orange. Uh, I do a little bit of everything. Dynasty redraft IDP, uh, best ball, uh, playing every type of league. So you got any questions about any kind of league stuff, I do all that stuff. Uh, you can find me writing for DLF, um, and I'm also on Dynasty Pros where I jump on and do a Monday Debbie show with a couple guys over there on Dynasty Pros, and then I also have my uh, podcast that I do uh, along with yours here that I do on the P2W. I do mine on the Dynasty Pros. It's called The Stew with JT Brew. Uh, check that one out. We don't have a set date. We're always on, but we've got right now – all of our over under picks for the year uh, and betting odds and all those things that me and you uh, diced up a bunch of the stuff together. And so we've kind of put those out uh, division by division here over the last uh, week or two. So keep an eye out for those. Keep looking for those. Um, and like I said, if you, if you are in IDP, I have my IDP rankings on DLF. I'm one of the IDP rankers there. And I write uh, all kinds of IDP articles uh, that have come out lately there as well. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming down today, JT. Thanks for all you people that tuned in today to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. Thanks for making this show special. Thank you for listening to the depth chart uh, evaluations here. JT is one of the best in the business. He's got a great show. Doing great things. One of the best finds in the history of fantasy football. Going to his fishbowl and meeting JT was one of the pleasures of my life. So that's what it's all about, man. Connecting, networking, being good people, meeting good people, and just having a good time playing fantasy football. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thanks for everybody watching the Commissioner Evaluation Show. Thanks for uh, making this show special. This is my favorite hobby in the world, and you guys listening and commenting and talking is uh, what makes it special for me. So thank you very much, everyone. We will see you throughout the week. Got a show every day this week. Thank you. Have a good day.